So I'm also recording it on the podcast. Um, tonight we are looking at uh, our subject is you are unleavened and we are coming from first Corinthians chapter five verses seven through eight. Uh, we're in the feast of unleavened bread um, and we are coming to a close almost. We have a couple more days left, but um, this is what I got during that time. So if we look at first Corinthians, chapter 5 starting in verse 7 actually i'll go back to verse 6 um it says your glorying is not good do you not know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly since you truly are unleavened, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Okay, so a couple of things. We know that the Feast of Unleavened Bread comes from when um, the Lord redeemed Israel from Egypt okay so they had to put the blood on the doorposts if the blood was not found in your doorpost and your firstborn died somebody died um, if the blood was there you were passed over and they had to leave quickly and so in this leaving quickly um, they had to eat unleavened bread because they didn't have time for the bread to rise so that's where it starts but you have paul here in first corinthians 5 what happens is is that a man has his father's wife and he's saying that's not good um that you're being puffed up and then he says don't you know that a little leaven leavens the whole lump but what he calls us believers in mashiach therefore purge out the old leaven that you may be a new lump since you truly are unleavened so he's saying you are unleavened you are not puffed up why is this for indeed christ our passover was sacrificed for us yeshua messiah um when his the disciples saw him i want to say john he said behold the lamb of god who takes away the sin of the world and that's what they had to sacrifice in passover when they were coming out of egypt and so here we are, Christ, Yeshua, Jesus Christ is deemed as our Passover and he was sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. So I have three points. The first point is that we have to remember our redemption. We have to remember who redeemed us and why we were redeemed. Um, let me pull up my notes here. Just a second. There it is. Okay, so remember your redemption. Um, and sometimes we are held in bondage to our thoughts, whether it's I'm not good enough or I remember what I used to do or I want to be held on to that um so sometimes we're in bondage to our thoughts so we have to remember um our redemption and not just that we were redeemed but who redeemed us and what he redeemed us from if you go to deuteronomy 
chapter 16. Look, my sister's on here. Hi, Cassie. Uh, Deuteronomy chapter 16. Deuteronomy chapter 16, starting in verse, we'll start with verse 1. It says, Observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover to the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Um, and Egypt is deemed, it's, it's called the house of bondage. Um, we know that you can't serve two masters. You're either a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. So Egypt would be the slave to sin, a house of bondage. Um, therefore, in verse 2, you shall sacrifice the Passover to the Lord your God from the flock and the herd in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. You shall, in verse 3, you shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. That is the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste. That you may remember the day which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. Okay, so that's why i said that you must remember your redemption in verse 3 it says that you may remember the day which you came out of the land of egypt all the days of your life if i go back to the day i got saved the first time i was five years old at new hope miss nope 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 at morning star in humboldt and i went up to be baptized and i mean i just i remember that and what I remember the most was my cousin holding on to the edge because I mean he's a swimmer now but at that time he did not want to go under the water and I remember that that's what I remember um, and then 2007-2008 my husband was praying you know what is the truth and, and different things like that and the Lord gave us a different understanding a new understanding um and what we had asked for so then we came back to tennessee and it was an opportunity for me to be baptized again like i had a different understanding of god's expectations and so i was ready to lose my life in order to gain his and so you know i got baptized again um, with the understanding of I'm doing this because I love him and there is something more that he's calling me to and I don't quite get it, but I understand enough to take these steps um, and, and walk with him. So um, I remember um, that redemption. I remember being redeemed um, in, in that way. So part of Passover is that you may remember the day that he saved you that you may remember when your redeemer stepped in and saved you from yourself okay so remember your redemption uh the second one is never forget the freedom we have in christ okay so in verse 4 deuteronomy chapter 16 verse 4 and says and no leaven shall be seen among you and all your territory for seven days. And we've talked about this um, in Restoration Magazine. We have an article called Deleavening Your Heart. Um, and the Hebrew word for leaven is kometz. 
and it means to puff up but it also means to be sour so since we are living temples since we are temples of the living god then we have to search our hearts and our minds to see where our thoughts or our actions or our motives are sour because it says surely you are unleavened and where we're going to look at that so never forget the freedom we have in christ Okay, in my notes, it's not a freedom to do our own thing. We have been free to serve the living God. If you jump over to Hebrews uh, 9 and 14, Hebrews 9 and 14, it says, I'll start at 12, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, he entered the most holy place once for all, having obtained eternal redemption. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. Never forget the freedom we have in Christ. So we have not been free to do our own thing. We have been free to serve the living God, according to Hebrews 9 and 14. Um, so we said, number one, remember your redemption. Remember who redeemed you. Number two, never forget the freedom we have in Christ. Um, and number three, remember that the removal of leavening is an ongoing process. That it is not a boom, it's all gone, I'm, I'm good. No, it is, it's a continual process. Um, Jeremy did a four-part message on washing up for dinner. Um, and he went through what an alcoholic will go through or a drug addict when they go through the 12 steps and he went through all the 12 steps as it relates to our relationship with god that we have to accept that we're sick um and that sin is a sickness and that our only hope is christ like we have to accept that we have to come to that acknowledge and then we go through these processes of this personal inventory of examining ourselves, of making amends with with family and friends and things relationships that have been severed because of our selfishness and so like and then you get to the spiritual growth but then you have to go back again and so there's also always this personal inventory it's always this looking in the mirror to see where can i be better um, because God expects us to grow. I mean, that's what he wants us to do. And as we're walking with him, that happens. Um, let's jump to Matthew 16. Matthew 16, verse 6. Matthew 16, verse 6. Um, Okay, there we go. We'll start in verse five. 
Uh, now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you have brought no bread? Do you not understand or remember the five loaves of the 5,000 uh, and how many baskets you took up, not the seven loaves of the 4,000 and how many large baskets you took up. How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of the leaven of bread, but the doctrine, but the teaching or the um, man-made knowledge um, of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So it's not the bread. Yes, we're taking in unleavened bread all week, but there is ideas, there are thoughts, there are words, there are opinions that we take in that are not of God. And we have to be aware of those we have to be um conscious of our own thought processes like um what triggers us and when it triggers what do we say that we shouldn't say like does it look like what fulfills the law what does fulfill the law love fulfills it love is what fulfills the law and it's not a a man-made love it's it's a supernatural love that can only be comprehended by having a relationship with Jesus Christ um, and that was in my note that when you understand the doctrine of Christ then we'll understand God because they are one so when we understand the doctrine of Christ then will understand God because they are one. Um, me and Jeremy were talking last night and we were saying that people would rather have knowledge than be faithful. So we have, you know, what we would call a movement or people being woke and so they can debate and they know this and they know that. And in Corinthians, Paul says it very clear. You can have all the knowledge, you can have all of these things, but if you don't have love it's a resounding gong it's just noise it's nothing that can be applied to the kingdom it doesn't look like or sound like the doctrine of christ which when we understand that then we'll understand the purpose and and the love of god and so you can't get that by just wanting your temporary blessing or wanting it to do it your way or saying it your like you'll never achieve his purpose for you if you keep looking at human surface type stuff i mean you'll you'll never get that you'll you'll always miss the mark and that's what sin is sin is to miss the mark and so when you're in his instruction and in his teaching you'll be on the path you'll be walking the way that he's called you to walk and that takes time when jeremy and i first came into this is it's just so much overwhelming truth you know because we have been fed 
um, religion and not relationship. That's the easiest, politest way to say that, that we have been fed uh, religion and not relationship. Um, and so that puts barriers up. And if you see Christ, he came to take down the barriers. Um, he talked against the Sadducees and the Pharisees and he came to break down barriers to show people exactly what it's supposed to look like. That is why he's the great teacher. That is why he's the shepherd. That is why he's the door. Jeremy says he's the door and the altar. And if we are to be living sacrifices, then we have to come to the door before anything can be received because he's also the high priest. So that means he's examining our thoughts and our words and our actions and our deeds. So, I mean, it, it's just layer upon layer because God is infinite. And so who are we finite creatures with finite knowledge to say we have it all? There's always something to learn. There's always something to grow. There's always something that you can sacrifice so that you can take up more of his character. Always. Um, okay, so our three things, and you are leavened, is to remember your redemption. Never forget the freedom we have in Christ. Remember that the removal of this leavening, this, this sourness, uh, in the sight of God is an ongoing process and that we must want to grow. Okay. Um, flipping my paper over. Um, yes, in Torah study now, we are, at the end of each lesson, we're looking for where is the love? Where do you see God's love? Um, and the last one we did was when they were talking about the leprosy in the home and how if it's in certain stones then the high priest and if you just keep christ as the high priest will go in and take out certain stones and replace them with new ones okay so where is the love in that god didn't destroy the entire house that's the love that he wouldn't knock it all down because when he was dealing with Abraham, he said he would not destroy the righteous with the wicked. And so you see that in him cleaning up a house because he's building a spiritual house and he's going to clean up a house and he's not going to tear the whole thing down. In love, he's going to take out the stones that don't belong and put in new stones. So getting Torah or getting in your Bible is not about knowing everything. It's about growing in relationship and growing in that relationship. He will draw you to obedience. Um, okay, so I'm jumping back to 1 Corinthians. And if I have not said hello, hello, hi, everybody. This is awesome. Know that I am out of my zone of comfort here. Okay. All right. So we are in 1 Corinthians 5. Going back to 1 Corinthians 5. And I said I would not be for you long. And this is my main point. Um, verse 8. It says, Therefore, let us keep the feast 
not with old leaven, nor with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Sincerity and truth. In Exodus 34 and 6, it says that Yah abounds in truth. When they were talking about the characteristics, when he passed before Moses, it was love and kindness, abounding in faithfulness and truth. And then he says, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. The unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Let's go to Joshua 24. I was excited about this. Joshua 24. Joshua 24. All right. Remember, with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth, Joshua 24 starting at verse 1. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, for their officers, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor, dwelt on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. Then I took your father Abraham from the other side of the river, led him throughout all the land of Canaan, and multiplied his descendants and gave him Isaac. To Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau. To Esau I gave the mountains of Seir to possess, but Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. Also, I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to what I did among them. Afterward, I brought you out. Then I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. And the Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and horsemen to the Red Sea. So they cried out to the Lord, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, brought the sea upon them, and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. Then you dwelt in the wilderness a long time, and I brought you into the land of the Amorites who dwelt on the other side of the Jordan, and they fought with you. But I gave them into your hand that you might possess their land, and I destroyed them from before you. Then Balak, the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose to make war against Israel and sent and called Balaam, the son of Beor, to curse you. But I would not listen to Balaam, therefore he continued to bless you. So I delivered you out of his hand. Then you went over to the Jordan and came to Jericho, and the men of Jericho fought against you. Also the Amorites and the Pezzarites and the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Geshurites and the Hivites and the Jesubites, but I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out before you. Also the two kings of the Amorites, but not with your sword or with your bow. I have given you a land for which you did not labor, cities which you did not build, and you dwell in them. You eat of the vineyards and olive groves which you did not plant. Now, therefore, fear the Lord. Serve him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the river in Egypt. 
serve the Lord. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Hmm. Okay, so verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord, serve him in sincerity and truth. And if you go back to 1 Corinthians, Paul says, surely you are unleavened. Let us keep the feast, not with uh, leavened bread, not with the bread of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And Joshua goes through the whole storyline from start to where we are now. And then he says, now, therefore, fear Yah, serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the river. There are things it is time to put some stuff away there it is time to put some stuff away if we look at those two hebrew words not going to go deep there but sincerity is tamim okay um and i was not expecting sincerity there to be tamim but we know what that is in genesis 6 and 9 um, Noah was perfect in his generation. He was Tamim. In Genesis 17 and 1, when God appeared to Abraham, he told him to walk before me and be blameless. Tamim. What does Tamim mean? Um, if you, It means complete. It means whole. It means what is complete or entirely in accord with truth and fact. I'll say it again to be Tom Yin is what is complete or entirely in accord with truth and fact okay one more time for the people in the back to be Tom Yin is what is complete or entirely in accord with truth and fact okay and Joshua says it to serve him in sincerity and truth. Paul knew the word, was not skipping on understanding, said that we are truly unleavened. We have been redeemed. That means he has cleaned us. That means he has purged us. That means what was puffed up, he took out. And now we can serve him. We could be that unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Now we are cleansed from dead works to serve the living God. Um, and so we have Tamim and then we have uh, truth, bless you, which is a met, which is faithfulness, which is reliable, which is stability, which is right. Okay, so we see this aspect of you hear it, you know, I'm living my truth, I'm living my truth. Well, what is God's truth? Um, what is his expectation? Um, what does he consider faithfulness? What does he consider to be entirely in accord with truth and fact? So, no, it's not going to look like the majority. No, it's not going to look like the world. It's, it's just not. 
but it's not going to look like a million different religions either. It's going to look like a relationship where you are striving to be faithful. Like, no, who stays married to someone who's going to be unfaithful? Who stays married to someone you can't trust? Um, Dr. Jennings says disobedience um, breaks trust. And if you don't have trust, then love is very, very difficult. You know, and so if we're thinking about this with earthly relationships and people we come in contact with on a regular basis, then think about the designer and creator of all things. Think about his expectation. And if nothing more, remember the time of your redemption. Remember when he pulled you and drew you out. What was he drawing you to? To live? <laughs> to do whatever you wanted? Is that what he redeemed you from? Is that where he saved you from the pit from? To just to do whatever feels right to you? You know, so if we are um, doing as Joshua insisted, and, and not just Joshua, I'm sorry. If you go back to Joshua 24 and verse 2, it says, And Joshua said to all the people, Thus says who? The Lord God of Israel. So he's not making it up. It was placed on him to tell them this specific thing. And Paul says, surely you are unleavened. Why? Because Christ our Passover. If you read Hebrews, it's not the blood of bulls and goats, but it's the blood of Mashiach that cleanses your conscience. And if you ever look at that, and God has me on brain stuff, but your conscience and your reason are your highest mental faculty. Your conscience and your reason dictate your will. And now, because we have impeded selfishness, because, as Jeremy said, we have that atom in us that may, makes us go hide, um, we have to get through our emotions, we have to get through our thoughts, we have to battle through our feelings before we can ever have clear reason and judgment. So, you know, sincerity and truth. And the simple question is, what is sincerity and truth as it relates to the designer and creator of all things? And then if, it, if it's not in a line with him, you push it to the side. Not because you want to be right, but because you want to be righteous. And you want your relationship with him to be real. And you don't want it to be based on give me, give me, give me. But you want it to be real. Like, our relation, like my relationship with my husband. I, I, I know that it's real. We have almost 12 to 13 years of realness. And so there's faithfulness there. There's trust there. There's love there. But I'm not going to intentionally go and do something that's going to hurt him. Why not? Because I love him. You know? And so when we think about the things that happen in our life, and who the designer and the creator is. And when we think about how many times we've walked away, excuse me, or how many times we've wanted to go our own way or do our own thing, and he's always been there in the midst of it. And when the sustainer of life lets go, when it's just constantly, ah, not today, ah, not today, ah, not today. And then he's holding on, and then the sustainer of life lets go. If the sustainer of life lets go, then the opposite of life is 
you know? So it's just something to think about. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, keep my commandments. He also says that his his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So this is not a, oh my God, I got to serve God. Mm. It's not a burden. Um, actually, it's a joy. Actually, it's very freeing. It's very freeing not to have to constantly be trying to live up to man's expectations. It really is. So, okay. Record time here. Um, just a quick recap. We came with 1 Corinthians 5, 7 through 8. Um, we went through Deuteronomy 16 and 3. And we said, well, Paul said that we are truly unleavened. And that's why you have to go through this every year. Because over a course of a year, yes, you get puffed up. Yes, there's leavening somewhere in you that you have to examine to be removed. Yes, there's some sour attitudes, some, some bitterness. Like all that stuff needs to be addressed on a constant basis. So he gives us this in the physical so that we can apply it spiritually. Why? Because he's building a spiritual house. Why? Because he calls us a kingdom of priests. Why? Because we should be fulfilling the law. We should be loving, but we can't do it when we're attached to selfishness. Christ wasn't selfish. Christ was the epitome of selflessness. His will, he didn't have his own will. His will was to do the will of the Father. And that's why if we understand his doctrine, we'll understand God's purpose. Um, and so remember your redemption. Never forget uh, the freedom we have in Christ. And remember that the removal of leavening is an ongoing process. He wants to see, are you doing better than you did the day before? And if you're not, are you mature enough to address it? Are you mature enough to, to say, I need to get back on track? Stick to the lesson. Funny. Okay. All right. So let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word that it is true, that it is living, that it is active, that it heals, that it redeems, that it restores. I thank you for sending Jesus Christ, the word made flesh, to dwell among us. Um, to feed us, to be a shepherd, to be the door, to be the living water, to be the bread of life, to be redemption. You knew exactly what we needed, Father. May we grow in the knowledge of Christ where we may draw closer to you, Father. We thank you uh, for loving us. We thank you for um, the word that you have for us this day. May we be better people. May we grow in the knowledge of your truth. May we be the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. May we choose you this day whom we're going to serve and that we would do it in a way that's pleasing unto you, Father. We thank you. We ask that you would forgive us of our sins, of our selfishness, of where we have um, said and done wrong, where we have not been wise in things that concern you, Father. May we um, glorify you in every aspect of our lives and may you um, be glorified that it is not unto us, it is not unto us, but it's unto you because of your love and your faithfulness, because of your truth, because of the mercy that you abound in, Father. May we feel your mercy this evening. May we realize that your mercies are new every morning. May we understand that we can go forth and that we can be better people 
that we could love you more, that we can grow in the knowledge of your will and your purpose for our lives. We just thank you for this day and we thank you for this opportunity. Be glorified in all things and may we fulfill your law by loving you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength and loving our neighbor, loving our friend, loving our sister, loving our brother, loving our enemy and praying for those that persecute us, Father. Be glorified this day in the name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, our Messiah and soon to come King, we pray. Amen. Amen. Shalom, shalom. My drop. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>